जय फ्रेंड्स आई एम विजय गौरव आर्यन यू वॉचिंग द चाणक के डायलॉग्स इंग्लिश लाइक दिस वीडियो सब्सक्राइब टू अर चैनल डोंट फॉर प्रेस दी बेल आइकन एवदिफका इज अ सिटी इन यूक्रेन दैट इज नाउ फॉलन इफ यू लुक एट डोनेट्स्क इज जस्ट नॉर्थ ऑफ डोनेट्स्क इज जस्ट अप देयर एंड द रशियन फोर्सेस हैव टेकन इट आफ्टर आफ्टर द मंथ ऑफ मे लास्ट ईयर दैट इज 2023 दिस हैज बीन द मोस्ट सिग्निफिकेंट एंड द बिगेस्ट रशियन विक्ट्री नाउ व्हाई हैज दिस हैपेंड आई एम गोइंग टू एक्सप्लेन टू यू यू नो लेडीज एंड जेंटलमैन फॉर अ वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम द एंटायर रशियन कांसेप्ट ऑफ वॉर was uh, not everything but but a large part of it certainly was based on massed artillery massed artillery when we say massed artillery we mean we mean hundreds and thousands and uh, you know of 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 guns big guns booming and carpet bombing literally the entire area just just smothering the entire area that is what the russians have been doing in this approximately 1000 km long line that they are pressing against now as of today Russia controls more than 17 and a half percent of Ukrainian territory. Now, what's happened in the past? When Ukraine said that uh, you know we we want to get into NATO, Russia had been uh, you know opposing this entire move for a very long time because there were certain guarantees given to Russia, there were certain promises given to Russia when the USSR broke up. There were certain things that were told to Russia. and one of them was that nato now because the primary threat of ussr is gone nato now need not expand you see it's not just the americans who have cold war memories it's even the russians who have cold war memories and they have been at loggerheads for almost 5 or 6 decades it's not easy to let go it's not easy to you know wipes uh, the uh, slate clean and say that okay we'll go from zero base again that's not going to happen so today there is a deep distrust also because of ukraine but earlier also uh, between the two countries america and russia now what has happened here is that when uh, in 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 february two years back when russia invaded ukraine it did so because russia feared and here i'm not attempting to whitewash what russia has done i'm not saying that what russia did was incorrect I am just saying that the United States of America that is opposing the Russian invasion so to say has invaded over a dozen countries on a far lesser pretext okay till today nobody in America knows why they invaded uh, why they invaded Iraq or why they should have invaded Afghanistan or Libya the three countries had nothing to do with 9/11 but they got invaded and uh, thousands of people were killed millions of people were displaced that is just america for you but if russia does it then russia is the bad guy but america can do it because america is killing people for freedom and it's and it's destroying entire economies and entire people and committing manslaughter on an industrial scale but well they're doing it for freedom so whatever america does is absolutely fine here is the problem russia felt that if if ukraine joined nato right you would have nato missiles and nato tanks bang on the russian border and where is ukraine exactly ukraine is on russia's western border and it used to be part of russia once upon a time or the ussr for that matter it was part of the ussr and it is on russia's westernmost extreme right and uh, from there in starts eastern europe so ukraine is classically part of eastern europe now this spooked the europeans because they thought that now russia is going to attack us russia has no intention of attacking any other european country if it did this war would have spread to other places also russia just i think wants to teach ukraine a lesson in saying that you know you got to stop 
you can't join NATO. Now, Ukraine turns back and says, it's our wish. We are a sovereign country. We can join whoever we feel like. While that may be correct, but, you know, long time back, in the early 90s, when USSR had disintegrated into 15 countries, right? The famous Russian Federation, or, or the USSR, had disintegrated and formed 15-odd countries, that promise was given to Russia that NATO will not expand. And today, Russia is asking a very pertinent question. Why in God's name is NATO expanding? Now, here, here is a problem. So, I spoke about massed artillery, ladies and gentlemen. So, you have these medium guns and these light guns, and they bomb the living daylights out of the opposition. And this is basically what artillery does. Yes, artillery gives cover to advancing infantry and advancing tanks. Sure, it does that. Uh, artillery is, in the Indian Army, we call it the god of war. Because whenever the artillery starts speaking, so to say, the earth shakes, it seems that God is angry and everything is, you know, going bad. There is so much of noise, so much of destruction, so much of death. It's just pounding from the sky. And that is the typical Russian way to fight a war. This is what the Russians have been doing. But in contrast, the Ukrainians say that they cannot fight against the Russians because they don't have artillery shells. Along a thousand kilometer axis, the Ukrainians say that we need at least, at least 100 to 150 shells. And I'm assuming this is medium artillery. I'm assuming, I could be wrong, but this is my assumption, that they need 150 shells at least to push back the Russians, you know, every single day. Now, they have one-tenth of that, which means they have, what? They have, they have uh, 10 to 15 shells, which is nothing, which is peanuts. You fire one salvo and it's gone. So, how do you, how do you stop the Russians? You don't stop the Russians, which is why the city fell. Another thing that the Russians did was that rather than sending in their tanks, they knew that uh, the Ukrainians were short of ammunition, especially this kind of ammunition, especially artillery shells, which are so important in this kind of war, you know. So, what they did was started sending small groups of infantry, fast mobile groups of infantry, who would move left to right and try to maneuver and go sideways. This distracted the Ukrainians. They started firing whatever they had. They didn't manage to kill many Russians. Of course, they did some, but not many Russians. And uh, in the end, they started expanding whatever little artillery shells that they had. And when they had done that, when they had expanded their ammunition, when they had fully utilized their ammunition and were left with nothing, this is the time when Russia opened up with its big guns and smothered that entire city. Now that city is gone, it's in Russian hands, and there is no civilian population left in that city. It's gone. It's absolutely gone. No, So, uh, here, you know, this entire delay about the West giving weapons to, to Ukraine, I've mentioned this a lot of times. I think what, what uh, Zelensky did was he committed a strategic blunder here. Never fight with a bigger adversary unless you have your own ecosystem of manufacturing. Today, Ukraine does not have factories which can manufacture these kind of shells. So, you know, Pakistan will give it to America and America will give it to Ukraine or something, or stuff like that. So, they are now, they don't have money to import, but they need to import. They will only have money when America gives them the money. America says, we will give you $60 billion dollars. But at the same time, you know, the Republicans are stopping it. So, you know, America never discusses internal politics when it is asking an ally and a friend to go to war. They'll say, don't worry, we stand behind you, we stand solidly behind you, smash everybody, go and fight with Putin, 
give them a couple of slaps, you know, just fight against the Russians, beat them up and we are behind you. And Zelensky, the lightweight that he is, he starts fighting against the Russians. And then he turns around. And when he turns around, he sees there are no Americans there. And then he sees that Putin is still standing tall. See, what is happening here is that a man has been led. It's like, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry I'm using this analogy, but it's like leading lambs to slaughter. You cannot defeat Russia. So here is a thumb rule. You cannot re- defeat Russia and Russia. Any person, American or otherwise, who thinks that the Ukrainian military, even with outside help, can enter Russia and defeat Russia, it has never been done. It cannot be done. It's geographically and physically impossible. Your supply lines will stretch and your supply line. Moscow is not the issue. Moscow is the capital. Russia is so deep, so deep, so deep. All the Russians need to do is, in case of a ground invasion from the Ukrainian side, or if, let us say, some other people join them, all they have to do is move back. That is all. The Russians don't need to fight with anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the Russians need not fight. This is exactly what they did against Napoleon. This is exactly what they did with the armies of Adolf Hitler. They didn't fight. They just kept on moving back, 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 back. And the Russians have this saying, you know, very famous saying. It's funny, it's hilarious, but the Russians say that our our strongest general or our biggest general is General Winter. So what is General Winter? It is the Russian Winter. So you take time to move ahead in anyone's territory because you need to have these logistical bases. Your, your, your troops need to be fed. They need to be clothed. Uh, they need ammunition. People who are unwell, people who are shot, people who are dead, they need to be moved behind. So there is this logistical nightmare that happens in every war. And the biggest enemy of logistics is land. This is simple teaching, the simple understanding. The biggest enemies, you know, the more the land, the tougher the logistics. So you stretch your supply lines thin. You stretch your lines of communication thin. You just keep on stretching them, stretching them. And then there are going to be harassing attacks from the side to disrupt your lines of communication and supply. What do you think that the Russians are doing? What did they do against the Nazis? What did they do against Napoleon's armies? They did exactly this. And this is the reason why Russia can't be defeated. It's simply too big to be defeated. And here, people actually managed to convince Zelensky that, hey, you are the guy who's going to, you know, defeat Russia. And this poor man Zelensky absolutely believed this nonsense. I'm going to repeat it here. You cannot defeat Russia and Russia. Sure, if Russia is fighting a war against America, let us say for a piece of territory in Africa, maybe you can defeat Russia in Africa. Maybe you can defeat Russia in, 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 in Europe or in Asia or wherever they want to fight. But defeat Russia and Russia? I, I don't think it's possible at all. So uh, Zelensky today does not have weapons. His troops are running away. They're moving back. They fought very bravely. But now they are without ammunition because suddenly the Americans say that, hey, our political system is such that the Republicans also have to agree because one of the houses are controlled by the Republicans and both the houses have to agree. So, sorry. Now, this politics was not explained to Zelensky or at least Zelensky should have made an effort to find out. So, ladies and gentlemen, I was trying to explain lines of communication and supply to you. So, here is Ukraine without going anywhere. Please understand. Lines of communication and supply can be disrupted if you are moving from your base. These guys have not moved from their base. Their lines of communication and supply have been disrupted inside Ukraine only. That is what Russia has done. And now taking further this entire Russia thing, you know, Antony Blinken and uh, 
Dr. S. Jayashankar was sitting and chatting and uh, this was Munich Security Dialogues. Now, Munich Security Dialogues is perhaps the most famous and the most popular security dialogues uh, which happen anywhere in the world. And the foreign ministers come in, the spy chiefs come in, the heads of armies, uh, they come in and ministers and heads of state, everybody in it. It, it happens in Germany every year. And this year's Munich Security Dialogues, uh, there sits Dr. Jayashankar with Antony Blinken of the United States of America. And you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of things. And, uh, you know, the talk veers around to why India is still buying Russian oil. The same thing. You know, why is India buying Russian oil? India should not buy Russian oil. It's not proper for India to buy Russian oil. And America says roughly the same thing. And with a smile, Dr. Jayashankar turns back looking at Anthony Blinken and he says, you know, friends give choices to their friends. And if I don't get a choice, you know, then where do I go? So if what he meant was, what he was insinuating was that if America is a friend, they should give us choices. You can buy oil from here, you can buy oil from here and here. You can't say that I'm your friend, but you're going to buy oil only from here. Then you're not a friend. And one another thing that uh, Dr. Jashankar said, which had Anthony Blinken smiling and everybody laughing is that, uh, you know, if I exercise my choices and if I manage to balance, you know, you should, you should praise me for being smart. <laughs> that is what Dr. Jashankar said. And Blinken started smiling. So that was that, ladies and gentlemen. With this, I come to the end of my video today. And now we have question and answers. So the first question here is, Prithiraj Banerjee. Sir, can we have a view on electoral bonds? You talk about duty of citizens. Do as citizens. Can we get to know how the political parties are running the business? Also, what is our PM's view on the release of the rapists of Bilkis and killers of a family member, three-year-old? He doesn't answer this question. Maybe he'll if you ask. Uh, Prithiraj Banerjee, uh, thank you for your question. But, you know, electoral bonds and politics, I don't comment about that. I've never had. Unless a politician starts commenting about national security. That is the only time. I don't think you've ever, ever you know, uh, heard me talking about political issues that who's won the elections and this political move and that political move because I don't have enough knowledge. Shakti one is the farmers' protest being funded by another country? Could another country take advantage of this? Definitely. It has to be. I'm 100% and entirely convinced that another country is involved in this and this is a larger geopolitical issue because only the farmers of Punjab are protesting, number one. I'll give you my reasons. Only the farmers of Punjab are protesting. And only the farmers of Punjab protested last time. They got the farmers of, uh, you know, Haryana together. And they got some farmers from Western UP. And that later broke up. But only the farmers of Punjab. I would assume that since agriculture is a state subject, the farmers of other states would also be protesting. I mean, West Bengal grows the maximum amount of rice. You know, West Bengal grows the maximum amount of rice in India. I don't see uh, Bengali farmers protesting. Uh, you know, Madhya Pradesh grows the most amount of wheat. I, I don't see uh, farmers of Madhya Pradesh protesting or the farmers of UP protesting. Why only Punjab? Why only Punjab? Is George Soros involved? Maybe. He has threatened to take down the government. Not that he can, but he can certainly cause a headache or a migraine for the government or India or other people. Because... I don't understand how a farmer can say that, uh, you know, I have bought diesel and I have bought food for six months. What kind of a farmer is this who is ready to leave his field, he's ready to leave his farm and he's ready to come to Delhi? 
a farmer cannot sustain himself for that long. A farmer needs to be attentive, especially in places like Punjab where one crop goes, you put pesticide, you put chemicals, you the other plant, the, the other crop is, is sown and then harvested and it's a continuous cycle. Both the Rabi and the Kharif crops. It's, it's a continuous, continuous cycle. Everywhere, why only Punjab? It's a continuous cycle. So when for months on end, almost a year, I'm talking about last time, when the farmers said that we've left our farms and we're here, I don't understand how you can call this, call these people farmers. A real farmer will never leave his fields because he cannot afford to. So, yes, I strongly suspect there is a foreign hand and we should investigate this, of course. So, thank you for watching this, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I'll be back soon with another fresh video. And uh, like this video, subscribe to our channel, don't forget to press the bell icon. Jai Hind, Vande Mataram, Bharat Mata Ki Jai.